This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. When a child or teen is struggling with autism or their mental health, it impacts the entire family. That's why Meliora Health takes a family-first care approach to support your child's and your family's wellness journey. Their innovative online platform delivers immediate support and gives your entire family access to expert-led help whenever and wherever you need it, allowing your family to move forward together. As part of the UK's Helios Group, They've helped thousands of families struggling with mental health and neurodiverse conditions, and they can help yours too. Valeria Tellez interviews Rich Andrews. He is the founder and CEO of Helios UK and Meliora Health USA. Having close family and friends who've suffered from mental health conditions and dementia, Rich experienced firsthand the challenge of accessing support for both those affected by the condition and the families involved. In 2013, he founded Helios to tackle the global inequality of healthcare provision, affecting over 1 billion people worldwide with mental health and neurodevelopmental conditions. His passion for combining overall well being, science, and technology has led him to develop innovative services that optimize the human touch in the delivery of care to empower people and their families to live healthier and happier lives. This has led Helios to become the digital leader in the delivery of specialist mental health and neurodiverse clinical services for children and young people. Helios has now expanded into the U.S. with its U.S. subsidiary operations under the brand name Meliora Health. Prior to founding Helios, Rich gained knowledge and experience of global healthcare environments and health inequalities from an international career spanning over a decade working in biotech companies. Rich is a board member of the Mental Health Network at the UK's NHS Confederation and co-chairs their National Digital Mental Health Forum. He is also an avid investor in startup businesses that have a clear societal impact. Meet Rich at meliora-health.com and helios.org.uk. Here's the interview with Rich Andrews. In your own words, who is Rich Andrews? So I'm an entrepreneur and I'm very passionate about making a change in the world. And as you hopefully hear about today, um, the change that we're making is with children, young people's lives and hoping to ensure that they live a fulfilled childhood uh, before they uh, move into their adulthood stage. Mm. Entrepreneurship. How did you get started with that? 
what was the, um, let's say, the inspiration to become an entrepreneur? So I, I think uh, in a way it was almost in my blood from an early age. Uh, my grandparents were entrepreneurs. Uh, they uh, ran um, several small businesses and uh, my mum also became uh, an entrepreneur. So it's kind of through the family, we're kind of very entrepreneurial. And I've always kind of um, felt that at some point during my life, I would like to embark on that similar path, but I never quite felt I had the right drive and passion behind an idea as I um, had a, an early stage career uh, in, in the healthcare sector. And it was only until family members and friends who were experiencing mental health challenges that I suddenly got connected with an idea that I felt actually I can get really excited and passionate about making a real difference if I can think about ways to solve um, what is uh, a crisis uh, with, with people's mental health. And that was kind of how it started uh, several years ago. This is a, a beautiful area to work in mental health. When I think about mental health, I do also think about emotional health and happiness. So they're all connected in a way. Do you see what you do as the purpose of your life? Or do you see also a difference between having a purpose or being passionate and also having a mission? Are they all the same or somehow different, Rich? They do overlap. I think they are. They can be uh, slightly different uh, at an individual level, but I think there's there's definitely overlap between them. I certainly feel like I have real purpose and meaning in my life today. And of course, that's an important component of overall happiness as individuals in society, if we find purpose or, or meaning. And certainly um, with the drive that I have and the passion around uh, this initiative or idea that that was started several years ago it really has connected for me personally at that kind of purpose and in, in, in meaning level uh, and it doesn't feel like I'm working um, and that's that's the real noticeable difference I, I've, I've experienced since uh, leaving a career in the kind of more corporate sector. And I wonder if most of us uh, human beings can do this even within the um, working for other companies is that do you think there's something about becoming an entrepreneur that allows this to happen or it could happen to anyone anywhere I, it can absolutely happen to anyone anywhere to find what for them is that their, their purpose or what what they want to connect with with their life and find meaning through so you don't have to become an entrepreneur to to find that i've, I've just been lucky enough that mm -hmm, yeah. path i've taken through starting uh, uh, this company and trying to make a difference to people's lives that that's really connected with me personally but certainly uh, you can find that in in all sorts of ways that uh, relate to you as an individual Another open question I have for you is about success. How do you define success these days? So success, I think you can look at success through many different lenses. For me, success is actually almost unreachable in a way because we've got this mission or vision as, as a company uh, and that's linked to our overall kind of purpose. And, and that's to ensure that any child or young person can have access to care for their mental health and emotional well-being that fits around their, their lifestyle. And for me, it, that 
when we reach that, that will be success in a way. Mm. So it's almost an, an impossible kind of reach to a degree, but it really drives us in our thinking. And, and of course, I'm being kind of generally tough on myself with that because we have touched so many lives over the years and made so so much difference to families, how families function and move forward. Um, and of course, at a, at a family individual level and, and at a family kind of collective level, we've had so, so much success there. So so you do have to look at it through different lenses. But personally, with this kind of drive over the years and what we're trying to achieve, we've got this overall success that we're aiming for. What is to be mentally healthy from your perspective? What would that look like? So it is, of course, on an individual basis. So uh, I think it's really important that we recognize that each of us has our own sort of level of baseline happiness, and that's different from one person to another. And I think from sort of general mental health and emotional well-being, part of that is is resilience that comes into that uh, kind of um, factor. And good mental health and emotional well-being is be able to cope with the highs and, and the excitement of life and the, the joy and um, the successes you you have in life, but it's also to go through the challenges that you have in life. And everyone works through those very differently. Um, we develop different skills on how we cope with various challenges and various stresses on our lives and to develop skills that um, you can move through that and learn through that and move, move forward and, and, and towards enjoying life again. And so good mental health, emotional well-being is the ups and downs and how you ride that and ensure you can continue to appreciate the important things in life, family members and friends, and do things that really maintain your level of happiness. And another open question is about, that's, this is a very open question, about the human experience. What do you think that is? So that is a very broad question indeed. And um, and I think of human experience in the sense of kind of combining curiosity with learning. And I think about how naturally we're, we're very curious as a species. And sometimes we lose that a little bit in our lives, uh, which is a real shame because when you explore new things, when you try new things, when you try to challenge the status quo in, in a particular field and take the courage to make a step in that direction, um, you just learn so much. And I think for me, part of human experience is that curiosity, exploring new things, learning from new things. But one thing you can't ignore is just the power of human connection as part of human experience. So how we connect with other members, whether that's family members and friends, how we connect in that broader picture of society overall through human connection. I think that just enriches uh, human experience uh, overall. Another beautiful answer. And I think I didn't ask the question quite um, completely. <laughs> I meant to say, what is the purpose of the human experience? But your answer, you just said it all. <laughs> and that's funny that you mentioned curiosity, learning, because I woke up today thinking about this. That is so true. By being open and curious, then it seems to create space for resilience because we are, in a way, creating the necessary space to embrace what is present or to be present with what is present. 
So that makes so much sense to me. Thank you for saying that too, Rich. And with that in mind, I have a few more opening questions. The other one's about spirituality. Do you have any spiritual practices or belief systems, ideas about life? So personally, I actually have very limited experience in that area, Valeria. So so for me, actually, I want to be really open-minded about that uh-huh. and to learn more about that because I do know that spirituality and, and how you follow that path, people find a lot of meaning with that in their life. And they can connect in a way that they have perhaps struggled with uh, engaging with life through other ways. So I think it's really important that we enable the ability for people to uh, explore that and see if it really connects with them and, and, and helps them in different ways. So, yeah, I'm very open-minded to it, but I actually I don't have much experience uh, of that. So uh, maybe one to come back to you on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that sounds good. Although I see everything as spiritual, there's nothing that it's not spiritual. The way you speak, it's very spiritual to me, but it might not sound the same for other people. So, yes, we are so unique, all of us that we can never, in a way, label anything with this final kind of say. I don't see life that way. So, but yeah, I would love to hear more um, from you about spirituality one day. (laughs) Um, Please let me know when you get to those knowledges. And I have one more question for you. The last opening question is about healing. What is healing to you and what are some of the obstacles to healing? I think healing is a complex journey with healing. And I think part of healing is um, expectation setting. And as we think about a path to recovery, whether it's physically or uh, mentally and spiritually through through healing as well, that we set ourselves kind of appropriate expectations and goals through that. I think that's a really important component to healing. I think generally around ensuring we do have the skills and um, coping techniques that can support healing as well. I think that's um, a a key area. So that sort of mental resilience or emotional resilience is also a central component to healing. This whole idea of mind and body, and you can't separate that. I think we just, we, we, you know, we need to remind ourselves of that. So whether it's a physical condition, um, quite often we see through the um, the data, in fact, that people who have physical conditions and how they try to recover from that, if they have mental health challenges like anxiety or depression that can actually make their physical condition a lot worse and prevent their recovery and healing. And so this whole idea of mind and body and making sure both are working together and working um, in that same direction and the mind has the skills and coping techniques and support to have a healthy mindset, uh, healthy emotional well-being um, is so central overall to body health. That's another wonderful answer. I love your wisdom, Rich. Yes, so true about the connectivity of it all, body, mind, although I do include the spiritual aspect of being human too. But yeah, body, mind, they influence one another all the time. And I love the way you say that too, mental and emotional resilience. That's a beautiful way of saying 
Let's talk about what you do in your companies. You are the founder and CEO of Helios and also Meliora, if I pronounce those words correctly. So talk to me about the main purpose of creating these companies. So it was eight years ago that I decided to take that first step and quit my career uh, to start uh, Helios. And that was because I had family members and friends who were really challenged uh, with their mental health and also dementia, which is not a mental health condition, but also is very destabilizing, not only for the individual with dementia, but also on the family overall. And it was seeing family members and friends just bounce around the system, unable to access care when they needed it. And that care when they did access it was a varied quality and therefore varied experience. And it was quite distressing to see either a family member or a friend go through that and knowing how to help them and whether they'll get the support in the end. So decided to kind of take a leap and, and I felt the system was broken and I felt I could fix it. And it was a really strange feeling because I didn't have any sort of my own sort of anxiety about kind of taking that leap into the unknown and starting Helios back then. And maybe that's because I had a huge amount of naivety about <laughs> making that first step, which probably <laughs> helps as well, I think, uh, to a degree. So for me, that that was a moment that sort of crystallized in my mind that actually I now kind of got a sense of what I wanted to achieve in my life. I feel like there's something there that needs perhaps my help to address. And so the one thing I didn't quite understand, though, fully is what other families were going through to understand, well, what really does need to be fixed? What could the solutions be? And so I got a good friend of mine who's a psychiatrist in the UK to um, get me approved as a clinical observer in the NHS, which is the UK's National Health Service. And I got approved as this clinical observer within the area of severe mental illness. So I accompanied clinical teams going into around about 100 homes in a six-week period. And those homes were being just ripped apart by severe mental illness. So an individual in that family who had schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, or um, a more general kind of overarching definition of psychosis or bipolar disorder. And going into these homes, accompanying these clinical teams, it was just this incredible eye-opening experience seeing these families just being devastated by a loved one with, with severe mental illness and seeing them really challenged, seeing even the individual themselves really struggle with those conditions. And that, for me, helped me understand a few things. One is just the importance of just making care so accessible to someone who has a mental health challenge, but also how do we bring the family together as well? Because they're also really struggling and they also play such a key role to ensuring that family environment, that home is conducive to recovery. So with that experience, which is also very emotional and I'm not a clinician by background. So going in and seeing many families experience that was a very heartbreaking and uh, emotional experience for me. And what came out of it was this idea of we have to make this easy for families. We perhaps need to look at technology that can be a facilitator for bringing great care in a really accessible way. 
um, through that channel. And so eight years ago, we then built our very first clinical service delivered through technology to families with severe mental illness. And we called that company Helios. And uh, since then, we've developed a very specialized service, which we'll get into into more details, no doubt, Valeria. But that, that was the, the genesis of, of Helios uh, eight years ago and how 100 families at the time really shaped my thinking and understanding of, of what's needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm listening to you and feeling the emotions that you've might been through, and I know they are not easy. So that's such a courageous thing to do. So I thank you for opening a business that is founded, grounded in personal experience too, and feelings, emotions. That's an interesting kind of um, idea, concept, that in order to help others, we needed to go deeper and understand them, perhaps not necessarily go through what they're going through, which uh, it's not necessary, but understanding, kind of being close enough to see their reality. I thank you for that. That's very courageous. It's very kind, Marianne, but it's it's been a real team effort naturally uh, to get to where we are today. But um, yeah, that, that understanding of what other people are going through is so important that we always continue to understand that as we uh, develop and learn about trying new things. I have seen some of the uh, the healthcare system in the United States and also in France. I was there for a time. It kind of surprised me that not everyone's like that, but there's a lot of disconnection, I would say, that's the word, between the provider and the patient. So there's a very little understanding at the human, deeper human level. So the question, I guess, that I have for you, because I'm not familiar with your system and how it works, how does it work going from the uh, assessment, diagnosis, and then the treatment? I would love to hear more about that process, Rich. So after sort of initially starting Helios and focusing on severe mental illness, largely for adults uh, eight years ago. After a few years in, realized actually there's even more of a crisis with children's mental health and young people's mental health. So over six years ago, I decided to change the focus of the company to try and solve the crisis of children and young people's mental health. So today, that's where we really specialize as a company. And so what we then offer is, in essence, a fairly comprehensive digital clinic for children, young people and their families. And that means that they can undertake a assessment of their mental health with us. They can also have a very specialized assessment for a neurodevelopmental condition, which includes conditions such as autism and ADHD. So we've got this capability to deliver a very high quality experience where our own clinical team at Helios and in the US, that's under brand name Meliora Health, that it's our own clinical team that then connects through a technology interface, which we've built, which involves a video link. So we get to see that young person on the screen or that child Um, And the family members can then join, whether it's from the same 
kind of screen and they're kind of sat on that sofa and all looking through that one camera or whether they want to be in different rooms. It just enables that busy family to come together through whatever sort of location they would prefer. They then connect with our clinical team where they then receive a particular service that they that they um, need for their particular circumstance. So that could be a mental health assessment or a neurodevelopmental assessment where we would then understand their needs, um, their challenges, and then if appropriate, make a diagnosis. So a diagnosis of anxiety disorder, of depression, of an eating disorder, of a trauma-related condition, or of course for autism or ADHD if needed. And then we then are able to offer a package of psychological support after that diagnosis. So if they are diagnosed with social anxiety disorder, for example, and they're sort of 13 or 14 years of age, then we may recommend that they have cognitive behavioral therapy, which really is um, the most evidence-based approach for uh, social anxiety disorder. And so our care team would then, through an appropriately trained clinician from Helios or Meliora, would then deliver cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT as it's known, to that young person over a period of weeks. And uh, what we like to do is engage the family through that process as well, so that the whole sort of family environment then is conducive to better support of that young person. And supporting that whole experience, we have another digital tools that young person can use. So things such as Think Ninja, where they can use that particular tool 24-7. It's got great skills within that tool. So we, we try to use different channels in, in effect through digital to uh, deliver our services. So the company in the UK, it's called Helios. And in the United States is Melioria. So I would love to hear from you about the meaning of these words. I did do some research, but I, I would love to hear from you. Yes, yeah, so Helios is the Greek sun god. So without the A, so H-E-L-I-O-S is, is the Greek sun god. So we added the A in there. So we actually have heel as yeah. part of the word, which is, you know, which is a, an amazing, amazing connection. And with it ending in iOS, that's also then a slight slant to the fact that we're delivering our care through technology. So it's the Greek sun god, and that, of course, is about bringing our life um, and joy with the warmth of, of the sun. Mm. And so we felt that's a really nice connection to what we're trying to achieve uh, with Helios, which is to ultimately help a child or young person, their family, uh, move forward to the best of their potential, enjoy life, and so on. And actually our logo for Helios is two figures coming together, which actually forms the shape of a heart itself, but is also two figures hugging. And that again symbolizes the importance not only of, of human connection, but also of family member and the child or young person who, who has challenges with their mental health or a neurodevelopmental condition. So we really thought a lot about kind of how our name and logo communicates what we're about. And with the US, a company there is called Meliora. And unfortunately, we couldn't use 
Helios because there was just so many iterations of Helios in the US that we felt we needed a, a different name. And so we chose Meliora Health and, and Meliora means better, which is also, we thought, a, a fantastic connection to what we're trying to achieve as a company. So, yeah, so that that's the kind of the meaning and background uh, of, of our two names. It sounds to me that it was, um, I mean, everything to me is spiritual, as I said to you earlier. And that really sounds like divine inspiration. That's what it comes to me because I do, I see the connections. Nothing is disconnected, really. It's just um, a feeling. We have feelings of disconnection, but everything is so connected. It's just kind of finding a way back to that connection. And thank you for helping, for being one of the contributors to that, Rich, for us making that connection again. Talk to me for a moment about neurodevelopmental conditions and neurodiversity. I would love to hear more about the obstacles faced by the neurodiverse community. Yes, so neurodevelopmental conditions include conditions like autism and ADHD, and that then sort of embraces what we call neurodiversity. Unfortunately, we have in society sort of many challenges for our neurodiverse community. And the first challenge actually really is is how they're able to access assessment and diagnosis services at an earlier stage to understand if they have a condition like autism or ADHD. And in the UK, for example, a child could wait two years for an autism assessment. And in the US, the wait can also be six months or longer to receive the opportunity to have an an autism assessment. And what we do know is that when you are delayed at getting an autism assessment, it can actually impact the development of that child. Mm -hmm. So in essence, the earlier you have a autism assessment, the great opportunity you have to then tap into um, more support that can really help shape the development of your child a lot sooner. So one of the challenges is just making sure that we, of course, make assessments much more available and more easily accessible for families. And then we then think about other challenges, and that then includes ensuring that there's appropriate support for not only the individual who may then have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD, but also for the family themselves on on how they move forward. And unfortunately, the support available, whether it's in the UK, the US or, or any country really, is so varied. And that's also really challenging for a young person to get that right support and to really help them in those early years to you know, live with some very challenging aspects that can occur with um, having autism or ADHD. So I think for Meliora in the US, maybe great just to mention that we are live in, in New York State, which is the first state that we've, we've started within. And we plan to expand beyond New York State this year as well. So we have plans to be in as many states as as, as quickly as we can. And 
within New York State, you can access Meliora either privately, so to sort of self-pay for our services, but we're also available through various health insurance plans as well um, within the state. So we're trying to ensure that we overcome access challenges to receiving great care. And of course, one of those access challenges is ensuring that we um, are available through insurance plans, as well as providing the opportunity to access us um, privately. Mm, yeah, that's great information. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. My ending questions, let me see, I have um, way too many. Let me ask you this one. This is a fun one from my perspective, Rich. What do you love most about being in a human body? So I, th I think it's just this thirst for learning. Mm -hmm. And that's learning through human interaction uh, and learning from every interaction you have uh, with people you meet. Uh, just that ability to connect, to listen, to test beliefs, to change those beliefs that we create through our lives. When we kind of see maybe new data or as we gather new learnings. And I think that's just the, the most incredible thing about the human body is just how we have that capacity to learn, that capability to question our own thinking, that drive and curiosity to keep exploring. Um, I think that's what's just so, so incredible about uh, the human body. I love your wisdom. Thank you so much. It's from the heart and, and it's timeless. So thank you so much for being you again, Rich. And my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? I think one of the more challenging experiences I think society for faces today is really living in the moment and extracting as much pleasure and learning from that that moment as you can. Mm -hmm. We we live in a society where we are moving at a hundred mile an hour, <laughs> yes. and <laughs> we're, true. True. we're always thinking about the future. We're always reflecting on the past, but I think very few times, and very few of us, and me included in this, really live in those moments and to get all that enrichment that we can get from appreciating whether it's the sound of, of nature uh, where we are in that moment whether it's really engaging with whoever we're present with uh, in the moment so I think people do move through life at speed not really appreciating that and I think that would be sort of my wish in a way that we're able to just stay in the moment for longer. Mm. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful three-in-one wish. Yes, I agree. Absolutely agree. Thank you so much, Rich, um, for your presence here today, for the work you inspired to do from the heart. I can feel that. I love your wisdom. It sounds timeless to me. And thank you for everything you do exactly the way you do. And before we say goodbye today, where can we find more information about you, your products, work, services, and future projects? So you can find through meliora-health.com. 
or through helios.org.uk. Um, and either one of those, uh, you'll be able to learn uh, more about the uh, the great work that we're um, doing with children, teenagers and their families. Yes, and I'll have those two links on your podcast profile too. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Rich. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Rich Andrews and his work, please visit meliora-health.com and helios.org.uk. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.